G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brekkie with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Thanks for your company this Wednesday morning. Ben Davis with you until midday today. 13 13 55 0467 736 736 to get involved in Queensland sports, Australian sports, biggest conversation. We're taking a trip down memory lane this morning. There's so much bad juju going on in the world right now. We want to give you an escape from that. We are talking about who had or who did you have up on your wall as a kid posters and the kids these days have posters on their wall of their sporting stars i'm reluctant to use the word hero but sports stars uh, and the reason i got into this is there seems to be a fairly big disconnect right now with our national teams and, and it's not just because that we're well we're not going as well as we used to i mean we're up there fighting and punching as we always do we know sports in our dna in this country but in a year of world cups well we we used to dominate, we used to win them, but in a year of World Cups, we've got one at this point, and that's netball. And it leads me into my next guest. We should be celebrating the diamonds, and as we do, but just at the local level, on the domestic level, netball in this country is quite frankly a mess. I mean, at the grassroots, it's thriving. They're, they're a, it's on millionaire's row when it comes to participants. There's only three sports in this country that have more than a million participants. It's soccer, basketball, and, and netball. Yet Netball Australia and the Suncorp Super Netball Series, the players, they're at loggerheads. What's going on? Whose side of the story do you believe? We're coming from different angles. Let's bring in the best person to talk about this, former Diamonds captain, Liz Ellis. A very good morning to you, Liz. I'm tipping you're tearing your hair out at what's happening to your sport, the sport you love. <laughs> oh, Ben, I let my hair go, go silver and it's getting worse and worse. So, uh, look, it is, it's so disappointing. This is the International Day of the Girl. Netball should be out spruiking its value to the millions of girls, women and increasingly men who are playing our sport. You know, netball is a place for women and girls to shine. It's been creating leaders for almost 100 years. And yet, here we are on a day we should be celebrating. And we're talking about a pay dispute that really should have been put away weeks ago, months ago. And Liz, when we hear about sports and pay disputes, rugby league, cricket, we kind of gloss over it because you're going, God, how many millions do you want to get, boys? Like, you know, let's let's figure that out. But but this is not that at all, is it? I mean, we're talking about no. athletes who just who, who want medical cover. They want to be insured. They want to make sure they can actually uh, live while competing as well. I, I know they're just the headline points, but how, how do you see it? Yeah, look, these are athletes who are really, some of whom are struggling to put food on the table. And when you look at, you know, we've seen from Netball Australia, the press release, how, you know, they're offering 3% here and 10% there. But you've actually got to look at the numbers to see what that really means. And just to give you an example, the minimum wage for a super netball player, and a lot of players are on this wage, is $40,000 per annum. Now, to put that in context, the minimum wage in Australia, the award wage is $45,900. 
So these players are still sitting well below that. Some players are on a little above that, but not a lot. So they're only just above minimum wage. So these aren't players who are greedy. And I was incredibly disappointed to see in the press release from Netball Australia that they they tried to paint the players as greedy, as wanting more than, than the sport can afford. But I think this dispute is a bit more complex than that. And to try and paint it simplistically, actually, it's, it's just another example, I think, of the administrators trying to throw the players under a bus. And, you know, I sit outside the sport at the moment. My only job is to coach the headlands under 12s netball team at Ballina. And that is quite... How are they going? <laughs> but... Oh, they lost the grand final, Ben. Don't talk about it. It's too soon. <laughs> but, you know, I sit here and I come from the point of view of the players. You know, I was involved in establishing the Players Association. And, you know, the players really do, at this level, consider themselves to be the custodians of the game. You know, we have been in the game for years. We're going to stay in the game. And the players are not going to ask for anything, I don't think, that the sport can't afford. And the real rub of this is not, you know, the 3% here and the 10% increase there. This is really about uh, Netball Australia wanting a profit share arrangement and the, the players putting their foot down and saying, actually, no, we want a revenue share. And this is what every major professional sport in the country has, is a revenue share with their professional players. And that's exactly uh, what the netball players are asking for. Playing devil's advocate, coming from netball's point of view, though, do, do they need to get their own house in order, get the debt paid down, and then maybe once that happens, they can look at that revenue share? Pro- profit share, if your balance sheet is not good, is surely that that's a – and again, playing devil's advocate, surely that's where you can start to, all right, well, whatever profit we do make, we can, we can take the cream off that. Yeah, look, I think that's a really good question. It's a good point you make because one of the problems around the profit share um, – uh, regime that's been put forward is that nobody has any idea about what sort of numbers Super Netball has. So the Players Association have repeatedly asked for transparent financial accounting and that simply hasn't been possible. So it's really difficult to ask the players to sign up to something, a profit share arrangement, when there's no information about uh, how the money will be spent. So you're asking the players essentially to bear the risk and we've seen in recent times the employment um, you know the jobs at Netball Australia have ballooned and the players have no control over how money is spent, over how revenue is spent. What they're asking for is actually a revenue share arrangement on top of any new revenue. So in terms of servicing the debt, the players can see just how important that is. But they're talking about new revenue over and above what's forecast. So it's not a revenue of money that's coming in at the moment because they know that's got to be put towards debt. There is a carve-out of the first lot of new revenue in the in the Players Association's proposal. And then once that carve-out has been reached for Netball Australia, then the players receive, I think, about 20% above that, above that initial carve-out. So I think from what I can gather, and I've tried to sit down and read everything I can, it really is a matter of, it seems to me to be a matter of control of Netball Australia not wanting to, to really treat the players as partners in this sport and... Um, more wanting to treat them as a cost centre to be reduced, which is really disappointing given where I come from as a player who fought for years to make sure that there was some equity in the system to look after players. Liz Liz Ellis, my guest this morning, uh, synonymous with the name of Netball, of course. Liz, when you have a look at the day-to-day with these players and the fact that they're not covered now, they're all out of contract, but they've all got to start pre-season pretty soon for a season we really don't know what it looks like. How, what, what sort of a day, 
does it look like for them and, and the uncertainty that hangs over their head? I mean, no medical costs. I mean, they'd have to fund their own, I guess, activities, rehab, uh, physio, stuff like that. Is that what we're talking here? Is, is that is that the financial, um, hard, uh, I guess, financial hits that they're taking right now? Yeah, massive financial hits. These are players who are on less than minimum wage and have to somehow pay their rent and put food on the table. And a lot of them are players that have moved into state so that they you know, can pursue their netball career. So they're not able to go back and live with their family. Some of them have been forced to do that, I guess, like a lot of Australians have. But then that has an impact on, on your career if you can't be in the same state that, you know, that your playing career is in. So there's all this real... Like, a lot of players are living hand-to-mouth. And so it's really disappointing to see them portrayed as greedy, as not caring about the grassroots of the game because the players care deeply. Like, I know, I, I care deeply about the grassroots of the game and you don't want to damage that. But you also don't want to finish your netball career with nothing to show for it. And also you want to leave the game in better condition than when you walked in. So for these players, they're going through an awful lot at the moment. You know, they don't know what their future holds. There are players who came off contract at the end of September who won't be offered a contract next season. So they don't have any payout period in which to re-establish their careers elsewhere. So there's those players as well. The other big thing is that there are a number of international players whose visas are in doubt. So when you look at all those, all the different areas of jeopardy for the players, to see them holding out for this financial deal, you get a real sense of just how important it is to hold out for this deal, but also perhaps just how poor the offer is from the governing body. Right, well, Liz, let, let's look at the two extremes then of the uh, at the elite level. I mean, the, the Diamonds, r- regardless of this, ha- have been shining. They're world champs. And, and yet, you know, we, we read again that world netball's in a bit of strife because as much as they did us as a country proud and they are the elite of the elite, they, they didn't get paid or there was no prize money for winning the world championships, the World <laughs> Cup. No, and there's never been any prize money for winning the World Cup, which shows that the players don't do it for the prize money, right? You really do play for Australia because it's a privilege and you want to represent your country. So it's not like players are out there thinking about how much prize money they're going to get. I would have loved to have seen Netball Australia generate some positive headlines by going out and perhaps forming a prize purse of their own for the players. And I know that there's a lot of goodwill around the Diamonds in the community. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, you know, but I think really... Um, Could there be a knock-on effect know, then for the Diamonds with this swirling around now? Yeah, look, yeah, I think I think the Diamonds will still go out there and perform. I think the really long-term thing is that netball, you know, you mentioned the grassroots numbers. Netball is in danger of getting swapped by our competitors. And already, you know, AFLW, women's big bash cricket, um, you know, they are all surpassing... Uh, domestically what, what players can be paid. You know, AFLW is fast closing in on the salary. But the thing that the, these big sports are really looking at is netball's participation numbers. And the way to look after your participation numbers is to have some sort of aspirational team or an aspirational competition. And netball is in danger if it loses SSN, if the diamonds start to fade away into a bit of um, public obscurity because there's not enough made of them, then the thing that will eventually suffer is the participation numbers. And I have some grave fears. I think netball is really strong at the moment and the product at grassroots level is fantastic and the states do a great job of delivering that. But I do really worry about what's going to happen long-term if there is no super netball that sits in the forefront of people's minds when they're trying to decide which sport to put their kids in. And netball has so many great advantages. You know, 
I think netball needs to run a massive publicity campaign at the start of every winter season and say, put your kids in netball, they'll play at the same place at the same time every week. <laughs> Which as a yeah. parent, you go, yay, that's it. Right, so there's all these great stories that our sport isn't telling. Yeah, I nailed it, Liz, exactly. As a netball, a one-time netball dad, it was Downey Park in Brisbane. It was Saturday. It was busier than Bunnings. It was 10,000 there almost all day. And I tell you what, if you had a coffee cart there or sausage sizzle, you, you'd just work during winter. You wouldn't have to work for the rest of the year. It was absolutely buzzing. Hey, thank you, Liz. Such a great perspective. And, and thank you for shining the light on me. Hey, before I let you go, I'm asking everyone today, um, who, who did you have up on your wall as a kid growing up? I didn't who, who, say that. Yeah, yeah. I had Tommy Rodonigas. <laughs> Tommy! <laughs> you know what? I, so many words I could use to describe Tommy, but, but pin-up boy, poster boy, probably not one of them. <laughs> I know, but I love him. I love Tommy Rodonigas. because I love the Newtown Jets. And, uh, yeah, it's, it makes me laugh. I mean, my son now has um, Messi up on his wall. Uh, and my daughter has the entire Swift and loves Sarah Clow. So, you know, Good. times have changed. But for me, as a kid growing up in Western Sydney, Tommy Rodonigas was my idol. Outstanding stuff. Good on, good on you, Liz. That's great. That is an that is an answer I did not expect. Thank you. Let's chat again soon. Liz Ellis, uh, really shining a light and, and and busting it down for us. And what would it mean for for your your daughter or son? I've got to include the boys here. Mixed netball and 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 male netball in this state is going gangbusters with the Queensland Suns. Uh, they are absolutely dominating at a state level, but also or a national level, I should say. They've got so many participants as part of the uh, uh, Australian setup as well, which is brilliant stuff. Liz Ellis, Tommy Rodonikus. Well, there we go. There's a, there's a match right there. And she said her kids do have posters, so it's messy. All right. I, I get that too, the international exposure. I mean, Michael Jordan was the big one and Tony Hawk. When, when I was growing up, I'm telling you, skateboarding? Yeah, that's a sport. Well, it's an Olympic sport now, right? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Uh, Liz Ellis now coaching the under-12s in netball. Uh, your daughter, your son, if they're playing netball, um, the aspiration, she really nailed it, didn't she? You need to have a pathway. And, and it's something that Netball Queensland does so well. And I'm talking here from a local knowledge level because that's what you and I are part of, right? We do have these great pathways for netball into the under-17s, 19s and the future Firebirds. But all of a sudden, if that aspirational team is compromised, let's use that word, because right now it's in limbo, it is compromised. Does that make you or your daughter, your family second-guess about which path you're going to take? AFLW, Big Bash, they are dominating in the stakes of player payments because when it busts down to it if you are going to pursue this professionally well you've got to be able to live right 13 13 55 0467 736 736 18 minutes past 10 SENQ your new home of sport here in Queensland